Hey guys, welcome back to my Road Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mel, and on this podcast, we share stories, tips, and resources about intentional living, simple productivity, and meaningful work. I hope y'all enjoy today's episode. Okay, y'all, so today I'm going to share 10 steps that you can take in order to live an intentional life. Now, what is intentional living? Well, intentional living to me is transforming your life through simple, meaningful action. Many times we focus solely on external goals. We have this big picture vision for where we wanna be in life, but the gap between that future picture and our present life often causes anxiety and depression. We worry about how we're going to get there. We're depressed because we're quote unquote, not doing enough. But intentional living is really about focusing on the day at hand and the week within sight. Intentional living is doing what you can with what you have, celebrating the small wins, while also having an appreciation for where you're not and what you can't change. Intentional living is accepting that I don't have to do and be everything today. I'm a human being, God is God, and God can do more with my less. Now, intentional living isn't a buzzword I've attached myself to. It's literally become a lifeline through my own spiritual, mental, relational, and physical health journey. It's kept me going when I've wanted to quit. It's brought peace in places where there was previously shame. It's kept me content in the present versus anxious about the future. And so today I want to share with you how I am embracing intentional living, but Before I get started, before I get into these 10 actions, please don't get overwhelmed feeling like you have to do every single one of these things, right? I don't even do all of these things every single day. These 10 steps are really just to give you ideas for how you can live more intentionally in your day-to-day. So feel free to implement one or two and save the rest for when your schedule and your soul allows, okay? So do not get overwhelmed, but let's go ahead and get started. So the first action that I take are morning pages. Now, morning pages is a practice I learned from reading a book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. I will link it in the show notes. But essentially, morning pages are when you first wake up, you grab a notebook and journal three pages of whatever comes to mind. Allow it to be random. It doesn't have to make sense. But by doing this practice, I start my day with a clear head. Sometimes my morning pages bring healing. Sometimes I feel like I hear God's voice bringing clarity through my pages. Sometimes it's the most random thoughts that have nothing to do with anything. But it's the morning pages are really a practice that's between you and you. These pages can't be judged or critiqued. Again, this is just free flow writing, whatever comes to mind. So again, don't judge or critique or try to um, stifle what you write with these morning pages. But also don't be surprised when ideas and things you should explore more start coming to the surface because (laughs) they usually do. But I'll link an article uh, below where you can learn more about morning pages, but that is my first action. The second one is do one thing you want to do before doing what you have to do. So for me, whether it's reading 10 pages of a book, going for a morning walk, cooking my favorite breakfast, or writing for an hour before work, 
I like to do at least one thing I want to do before I hop into what I have to do for the day. Especially with having a nine to five in business, it can sometimes feel like most of my day goes toward my work, right? So taking just a few minutes to do something for me before I give my time and energy to everyone else for the next eight to nine to 10 hours really sets the tone for the day and it helps me not feel robbed by the end of my day. So again, number two, when it comes to each day, try to do one thing you want to do before doing what you have to do, okay? Number three, give yourself permission for slow or low energy days. A lot of people equate productivity to being busy, but the two are not the same. This is why I love intentional living so much because instead of just doing a bunch of tasks to qualify me as a quote unquote girl boss, I'm much more intentional with my time. And I also leave a lot of room for downtime. So whether that's watching Netflix, going out with friends, watching YouTube vlogs, scrolling through Pinterest or TikTok, Every moment of the day doesn't have to be dedicated to my work or goals. So consider this, leave room on your schedule for God to move on your behalf by focusing on intentional tasks versus busy work. I also give myself permission for low energy days. For example, Mondays are typically my most productive days, right? Where I can knock off so many things off my to-do list. But Tuesdays can often be my lazy days, my moody days, my days where I'm not feeling it, or maybe I'm a little, you know, melancholy and that's okay. You know, maybe when I'm working out, there are days where I can't do strength training. So I go to the gym and I work on the treadmill. Again, instead of beating myself up, I listen to my body because it's not about the intensity. It's about the intention behind each daily activity. On my low energy days, I tend to do more journaling, more reflection, putting my feelings and thoughts down on paper and accepting them versus trying to immediately fix them. Feelings are neutral, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but feelings are neutral, whether they are good, bad, or indifferent, and they're often trying to reveal something to you. And when I allow myself to have a quote-unquote struggle day, that's when I get random calls or texts from friends. That's when something encouraging that I just needed in that moment will randomly pop up on my feed. And I truly believe that these low energy days, these slow days are God's way of allowing me to work from a place of rest. Seeing his hand at work in my daily life by relying on his strength and confirmations when I feel weak or powerless. So again, number three, give yourself permission for slow and low energy days, okay? Every day doesn't have to be super jam-packed. Make room for free time, make room for downtime, and, and watch how much more productive you become, okay? Number four, allow for spontaneity. Life is about more than following rituals and schedules. Sometimes when I'm super anxious about my workday, I take a break and I go for a drive with no destination. Or I may switch locations and find a new coffee shop to finish my work. Maybe I randomly go out with friends for dinner, drinks, and girl talk on the couch after. Maybe one day I binge read books or I may you know, binge watch a series on Netflix. And this is still intentional living, believe it or not, because the thing is, intentional living isn't always about sticking to a script. It's about being present and living in the moment. 
We often ruminate about the future, but allow the unplanned to reveal and refresh you in the now, okay? It never fails when I randomly walk into a coffee shop that I leave inspired or I leave a random hangout with a friend feeling refreshed. Because here's the thing, if we're not careful, our schedules can be tools for us to try to control every aspect of our lives. And this causes unnecessary pressure and anxiety that we have to have everything figured out. So allow for the random getaway, go for the drive and see what clarity comes when you clear your mind, shake up your routine. Life is to be experienced, not control. I'll say that again. Life is to be experienced, not controlled. In reality, we are never in control. <laughs> and if you're willing to accept that, spontaneity can bring so much peace, joy, and gratitude to your life. So make room for that, okay? Number five, prioritize mindfulness. Now, mindfulness is something that I see talked about on social media a lot. And recently, my therapist brought it up as well. Mindfulness is simply paying attention to how your mind, body, and emotions are feeling in a particular moment. One day, my therapist tells me, let me tell you how she got me together. <laughs> she was like, um, when you're sad and you try to block that sad feeling, it actually makes you feel even sadder. Why? Because your body thinks you're in trouble and that's where the anxious thoughts begin. And once those anxious thoughts begin, you literally can't rationalize your feelings because your brain has now switched into survival mode. So trying to block those sad feelings tells your brain and your body that something is wrong. So instead of blocking the sad feeling, take note of it. Ask yourself what you're sad about and jot it down. Pay attention to how you feel and allow the feeling to pass as if you're placing it on a leaf and watching it flow down the stream of a river. And watch how that sad feeling is less likely to spiral into a sad day. I've learned from my therapist that feelings flow. They're neither good nor bad. They can be good teachers, but they are not facts. So instead of beating yourself up when you feel sad or unproductive, allow that feeling to flow. That gives it less power to derail you, but it can also reveal what's truly happening within. So throughout my day, I'm taking more notice of my emotions and it's not a super you know, uh, elaborate thing. Sometimes in between meetings, I just check in with myself. How am I doing, right? Or maybe I take time for deep breathing. I take time to acknowledge my feelings and allowing them to pass. And I've just noticed that sad moments don't become sad days as often. Okay, so that was number five, prioritize mindfulness and accept, you know, the feelings that come. Now, number six, be in spaces where you can be inspired. So again, intentional living is about embracing the fullness of life, not the limitations of your work. With most of us working from home or our days being filled with going to work then coming home, it's no wonder we feel blocked, right? Maybe we're constantly hanging around the same people and only doing what makes us feel comfortable. There's nothing wrong with that, but I personally am learning to get out of my comfort zone to be in spaces where I feel inspired. For example, I try, keyword try, to go on weekly artist dates. Artist dates are another tool that I learned from the book, The Artist Way by Julia Cameron. Again, I will link it, but essentially an artist date is where you take yourself on a solo date once a week. 
you can try out a new restaurant, you can maybe check out a local excursion or class or museum, or you can do an artsy project at home. There's no limit or rule. It's just a solo date that you take every week to spark your creativity. So through this practice, I'm able to be more inspired by all that life has to offer around me. Again, we're all about being present, okay? So that was number six, be in spaces where you can be inspired. Number seven is make sure you make time to daily recap. So make sure that you're documenting the everyday God winks, the little confirmations and the little nudges that are worth exploring. So in addition to my morning pages, I think it's essential to do a daily recap. It doesn't have to be elaborate again. Like sometimes I literally just jot down one sentence about how the day went. Now, I recently did a YouTube video on the iPad apps that I use for planning and journaling. And one of those apps is the day one app. So every night I literally have a reminder on my phone at 10, 15 PM, reminding me to recap my day. And again, sometimes it's one sentence, sometimes it's a picture, sometimes it's a voice memo. And what I love most about this process is that I can scroll to see just what has happened over the month. So to be honest, y'all, when the end of January came, I felt like I had not done enough. But when I went back through that app, I was able to remind myself of the habits I started, the fun I had, the work I put in, while also having an appreciation and respect for the tough days too. So again, take just literally two seconds each day to daily recap your day so that you can see your progress, okay? Number eight prioritize being versus doing. Again, number eight is prioritize being versus doing. So the whole concept of being versus doing is really just allowing your inner identity to influence your external actions. So instead of measuring your productivity based on your external task, right? You allow your inner identity to be the driver for what you do. So for example, I am a feminine woman internally. Therefore, that is my being. Therefore, I treat others and myself externally with care. I lead externally from a space of grace yet strength that motivates my daily actions. So being versus doing requires inward reflection. Who are you beyond the external titles? How can you be more in tune with your identity, allowing your external actions to reflect your inner self-awareness? Affirmations are really helpful with doing with being versus doing because it affirms the inner you. By affirming who you are internally, you can show up from a place of confidence externally. So again, number eight, prioritize being versus doing. Allow who you are as a person to reflect what you do externally. I hope that makes sense. Number nine, invest in convenience. Don't feel like you have to do everything by yourself. I can't tell y'all how many times <laughs> as a single woman where people, usually older women, usually older black women have said things to me like, it's just you. Why do you struggle with doing certain things yourself, right? And I really believe that God gives us, gives us grace for specific seasons, you know, but as someone working, on my physical health, my mental health, my business, my hobbies, my friends, you know, a full-time job. I've realized that being this self-made superwoman is not something that I strive to be, okay? <laughs> so yes, I've learned to give myself permission to have someone come and clean my place from time to time. And yes, it's only a two-bedroom apartment, but just because I can doesn't mean I have to. 
again. It's about being intentional. I can spend an entire day cleaning the house myself, or I can have someone come and clean my place in two hours while I'm working so that my time is freed up doing other intentional things, right? A couple of times a month, I may invest in a meal prep service for the week. Sometimes I'll go and get my nails and my hair done by somebody else. And I understand the privilege of being able to do that. And I think we can all find small ways to embrace receiving help. Maybe it's grabbing already prepped meals from the local grocery store. Maybe it's prioritizing self-care. Maybe it's getting help for your business. Maybe it's communicating a need for support from a friend. Again, how can you be more intentional with your time and your day-to-day? So don't be afraid to invest in what's convenient and don't feel like you have to do everything by yourself. And lastly, number 10, prioritize networking and community. One of my goals this year is to really build up the tribe that I need for this season. My friendships look very different now and I'm, I'm actually, I actually prefer it that way. <laughs> but being intentional about building a tribe doesn't take away from the space that my day one friends hold in my heart because I love them to death. Um, and I'm also realizing that to really see progress, I need to stop trying to put all the pieces together myself and allow for more community and accountability. And honestly, it doesn't even mean that you have to gain new friends. Sometimes it's genuinely just communicating your needs and being more vulnerable with the friends that you currently have. But the whole thing about networking, community, and accountability, I learned this concept from the Four Tendencies book by Gretchen Rubin, I will link it. But this book really explores your internal and your external motivations. Based on your tendency, you you learn how to be more productive by understanding what truly motivates you. So there's a quiz that you can take to learn which of the four tendencies you most identify with. When I took the quiz and read the book, um, and again, I'll link the quiz and book below, I learned that I am an obliger, meaning that I'm more privy to meet a goal if there's an external expectation or external accountability versus relying on my own motivation. Meaning if I wanna work out consistently, I need an accountability partner, I need a trainer, I need a group versus just relying on my own motivation. If I'm trying to write or create more, it means that you know I need to be motivated by my audience or you know join a writing group or again, have that level of accountability versus just relying on my own interest or talent as a writer. The Four Tendencies book really set me free because I always wondered why it was always easier for me to do for others than it was for me to do for myself. But through this book, I learned that the way for me to truly meet my own goals and expectations is to build accountability and community in the areas that I want to work on. So this year, you know, I have my fitness trainer. I'll be joining a fitness group. I'm thinking about joining a creative writing group. Um, and maybe even getting back into a church community of some kind, even if it's not in the traditional setting. So again, prioritize networking and community, um, even if that means using the friends that you already have. So wrapping up, I hope that this was helpful for you. Again, these are 10 ways that I am embracing intentional living based on my internal values and priorities. So I really encourage you to take note of your own values and think through how you can align your being and your schedule to truly be productive through simple, meaningful action. 
What are some ways you're embracing intentional purposeful living this year? Have you noticed yourself shifting from being busy to being more intentional? If you are in need of some external accountability or coaching, maybe you need assistance planning and executing your next project, I am happy to announce that my consulting agency, Work Redefined, is accepting new clients. We help our clients launch purposeful and profitable projects, streamline their operations, and align their work to what they love. So if you need support in any of these areas, check out our website, workredefinedconsulting.com, or you can visit my website, melaniechristina.org. I look forward to intentionally serving you through my content, stories, and services this year. Till next time, bye.